यू हैव अ लैंप दैट इज लिट एक जलता दिया ही दिए को जला सकता है वाई डू बी वाई कम देर इज अम्प लिट वी कैन लाइट आर लैंप
doctor reading that little line, I will be arrested for not taking a fucking vaccine. This is not a fucking joke anymore. This is fucking dead serious. I am fucking dead serious. These people don't know who the fuck they're actually playing with. They are, in a coup, they might come and fucking intimidate me and whatnot. But fuck, they do not understand what the fuck just one person like myself is capable of. They do not fucking understand. No fucking vaccine or MRA will ever flow through my fucking blood blood. Never! I will fucking die fucking fighting for my forefathers and my fucking lineage. Fuck these motherfuckers. Right now, are we streaming? Because um, I've got a black screen I've just noticed on Rumble. Let me just uh, quickly, quickly do a uh, check. Oh, yes, we are live. All right, right. That's uh, that's our problem, folks. Welcome, 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 everyone. Another Jihad Science Show, and uh, we've got to just keep it on top. The information, the uh, battles in the information uh, space, and uh, of course, try to keep on top of the science. Now, I'm going to try and make this a quick stream, even though I intend to read through a review paper, um, because tomorrow morning. I'm going to be doing uh, an interview about basically prions, amyloidosis, etc. And, uh, well, just the, uh, the usual, you yeah, know, that's, uh, that's our area of uh, speciality and expertise. Uh, Sarge says, uh, yes, don't forget to uh, hit that like button uh, down below and we shall proceed. I hope the uh, soundboard behaves and uh, genocide. Good morning to you and boom let's do this and uh yes there has been <laughs> there has been a uh very very contentious back and forth on twitter which we're going to look at and uh this nuclear powered meme got no, maybe just take myself off the screen for a second got launched into the fray <laughs> 
and uh, what does it say? Uh, Bleak, Bleak Cardboard PhD uh, and wanted in the play no more, and because well, basically he got he got eviscerated, and um, the uh, <laughs> we'll go through it a little bit, but I I want to I want to get to the the review. Um, viruses and amyloids, a vicious liaison. Um, it's the title directly from the paper. So uh, we can uh, swiftly move on from there. But without, of course, we can't can't have a meme like that without. Yee. All right. So uh, if you wandered in here and uh, oh, I don't have my uh, research cape page up, but uh, uh, we'll forget that. Uh, you know who I am. Uh, but uh, what we do do or what we do. What I have to do, of course, if we want to stay in the fight, being where I offer it. It's important that you remember McCannDojo.com. That's where we learn to train and fight for the information. Battleface, Battlescape, <laughs> and uh, all those links there uh, enable you to send shekels to the donor, uh, to the doctor. You could become a Patreon if you like. Uh, there is uh, my favorite WTYL.live uh, forward slash tip chart or Fauci.monster or the QR code down in the corner. The tongues of your oppressors, uh, stream fags or gay pal. And uh, rather than having to go through that rather torturous link, I placed uh, this into the chat, and let me do this real quick. Let's do this and this. All right. So, and of course, uh, remind it. Oh, that reminds me. I need to. Uh, I'm trying to. We're tweaking wtyl.live, so we should be live right now. And now, go to the page. Got a page, damn you. Live, there we go. If I pop out the chat, the chat should. So if you want to watch on WTYL.live, our own streaming video on demand platform, uh, you can go there and you can, uh, how should we say, partake in the conversation uh, as uh, as the stream progresses. Now, um, of course, I like to try and keep up with current events. And I don't, I, I feel like I've been streaming a whole bunch, but I've, I'm slipping from just the pace of things that are happening. So th there's a couple of things I want to look at that um, you've probably all seen, but I want to just uh, have a record for it uh, on our on our systems, which is this uh, this particular gem. That's <laughs> eleven days ago now, but um, <laughs> this is. This is the Ukrainian and Russian ambassadors at, uh, I don't know what conference it is, but um, yeah, they uh, they get it on big time. <laughs> Let's watch this. Herc, man, I, I, I mean, I, I don't know what to, uh... both are in the wrong there. 
right? Um, the Ukrainians shouldn't have been standing there photo bombing with his flag. These are diplomats, and you know the Russians should have kept his uh, impulse control <laughs> under under control. But uh, hilarious, uh, nonetheless, and probably a poor indicator of the state of uh, peace between the two sides. Um, this clip I've wanted to play, and um, Andrew Bridgen on gbn live um really really goes for it with this guy fraser myers i don't know who fraser myers is per se but um i I have to admit i'm really beginning to like this andrew bridgen fellow so um let's uh yeah handbags at dawn (laughs) it was was kind of a cat fight but um (laughs) they're they're diplomats right i expect them to uh start doing (laughs) I don't know, jiu-jitsu and boxing. <laughs> but let's watch this, this because this, um, this I think, sort of really, it encapsulates the uh, the state of the dialectic that we have, and we'll play into a little bit of um, the, <laughs> the the shit show that is uh, Ian Copeland and uh, the mess he's made in the last day or two. So let's let's watch Andrew here, and he does he does a fine fine job i have to admit oh wait wait wait, wait. before before we go before we go on it oh and nando as well with uh 50 bucks we can of course unleash the uh fedayeen for that <laughs> I want to say thank you to Bodicea as well. Uh, you can get a uh, Saddam drip. No sound on the videos. Oh no! That tax evading bleak Simon Phoenix. Why, why, why? Why, why, why? Let me, uh, let me try and figure what's going out here. Uh. sure what's going on that must be ns audio Eh. Ah, it's this new setup for obs it's a nightmare i'm very very sorry um i'll make up to it uh for you somehow what about does any of this work what about what about if i do this Did that work? Does this work? 
Uh, I've lost the chat as well. <laughs> Sound good on Rumble, just not on the news clips. Not on the news clips. Uh, uh, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Um, just bear with me, bear with me. Um, oh shit, I need to do this. And um, it's this, uh, what are they called? Application audio beta. So you have to, you have to now basically uh, dashboard, Google, Chrome. Okay. And tell me, tell me if this works now. Is that working? It's back. Uh, which uh, it is um, very much so. Uh, still muted. Motherfucker. Uh, properties. Bear with me, bear with me. I've got a uh, Tron and this. Uh, you know what? I will just. Right now, if I do. Display capture. All right, I'm gonna gonna have to do this i think no ah i messed up everything ah, that's back put that back ah fuck um Output capture. Default. Uh, let's try that. Try that. Does does this work now? Is it working now? No. Yeah. No big banks for uh, that tax evading blick. No. Oh, fuck. We'll have to we'll have to um, skip that one then for uh, till I till I figure out this new OBS setup. Um, all right, uh, let us uh, move on. So I guess I can skip most uh, stuff. So this was this was interesting. Um, Ukraine and it's it's actually silent, so we can watch this. Um, quite stunning footage. If this if this is what it is which is apparently Patriot batteries firing in Kiev. 
I I kind of have a feeling that it kind it looks like Israel to me, but um, this is doing the rounds right now, and this is this is some uh, serious <laughs> serious air defense going off around Ukraine, and in total there's thirty about thirty missiles fired, and like I say, the debate on Twitter is uh, very very contentious as to what. Um, what exactly the system is some saying patriot some saying it's got to be some other system and the uh, the issue is is that you know the the <laughs> however many millions of dollars if it is a patriot system that they just fire off essentially in two minutes and there's footage that basically shows that after the um the volley of air defense missiles that the uh, that's our tax dollars in action yes that's right and uh the target gets whacked as well so um you know things 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 are heating up and um you know the from what i'm seeing russia russia seems to be doing quite a good job of interdicting the um the weapon supplies and systems that the West is pouring into Ukraine. Um, you know, I thought about what John was saying the other day that Russia could uh, finish this if it wanted to. But in my mind, there was, you know, at what cost? They, I'm sure they could garner a million men and have them sort of march uh, through devastating everything. But I, I do think that there's an element of Russia thinking long term and not trying to um they don't want the generational strife i think so we'll see uh do we see it blow up in the end it's just that clip um so after the all the missiles have been fired something comes in and uh blows up the <laughs> Boom! Um, it's the end of the world of you now. Nah, nah. I, I, I'm, I'm less, uh, not so concerned about that. It's a change. Life finds a way. That's that's what you got to be thinking. So as we can't play video, um, oh god. So most of my stuff. So it's going to be a quick stream if I don't have sound from uh, Google. God damn it! I'm I'm kind of inclined to have another um, audio output capture. What if I do properties and this? Now, if I play something now, if I play this. Stand up against the poison of white supremacy as I did my inaugural address to a single out. Is that working? Dangerous terrorist threat to our homeland is white supremacy. It's working. Okay. And I'm not saying this because I'm at a black HBCU. I say wherever I go. All right. So, yeah, you know, the I had that clip in there just as another another interesting thing that's just shooting by as uh, the 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 gears are meshing ever faster and um <laughs> the president of the United States it's, and this is the perverse element of it which is that all the infrastructure was put in place and we cheer on as we were, we're, 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 we're a good slapping and and now 
And now, of course, the state is not going to let those powers go and it's going to create its own its own monsters that it believes are out there. And that now is white supremacy. That's right, Whitey, you're next for the uh, Patriot Act treatment. And um, I think that it will be far more vicious, far, far longer than anything that was initiated 20, 20 years ago. Uh, it's Herman the Tosser from YouTube. Oh, good to see you, Herman. Uh, that works. Um, yeah, so, but I don't know if my um, sound effects work now. Does this work? Does that work? Tell me, tell me, tell me. DJ says, what, a senile bundle of sticks? Yes, it works. So uh, for Anando again, for his 50 bucks, uh, you do get the full fed uh, Nice, nice. Thank, thank you, AO Vector. Um, all right, so can we? Should we go back? To, I'll save it for the next stream. So um, this was interesting. This was in my um, Telegram channel, and uh, there seems to be I don't know, a CPAC meeting in Hungary. Uh, buffering? What do you mean buffering? What? <laughs> Fucking tech. Let me just find it on on the telegram app wait a second play damn you so there was a couple of interesting clips in in here and oh yeah that reminds me um apparently uh buy me a coffee is getting political so we might be limited in our um, ability to use it. So, uh, shout out to uh, whoever this individual is. Tutable globalists and government corporations. The anti-woke, the families have a message for you. We will, we will not eat your bugs. We will not live in your pods. We will not sacrifice our children to your false gods of sexual grooming and perversion. Aye. We will not co-parent with you. We will not Aye. get your brain implant. We will not fight your crony wars. Nice. We will not rent our wombs. We will not mutilate or sterilize our children. We will not prostitute our daughters on OnlyFans. We will not sell our souls uh, or the future of our children to you. I will never be called parent one and my wife will never be called parent two. Based. We will own our cars, own our homes, our children, our grandchildren, and our great-grandchildren, and we will die happy, regardless of if the rest of our lives are spent thwarting your evil plans. We are not your subjects. We are not cogs in your machine. We are the children of a loving and powerful father, and we are willing to meet him before ever caving to your evil agenda. Thank you, Hungary, and God bless you all. Um, does anyone know who that was? Um, 
quite oh, oh shit oh this was interesting as well just as that popped up we might as well listen to this but um does anyone know who that person was um i would be interested to follow that person on twitter um find out who they were i'm presuming you can hear this video now below this um was this video from oh i said a week or so ago now and american soldiers apologizing for the war in iraq and afghanistan the war are lies there are good americans i believe so i believe that we have been duped as uh, as we explored in detail with uh, johnny gaslight and gilligan um sound on clips good not on the video you were going to play so this isn't working fucking hell that goddamn tax evader so you can't you can't hear this if i play this my name is jason hurd i spent 10 years in the united states army as a combat medic no sound i deployed to baghdad in 2004 I'm here to return my Global War on Terrorism Service Medal in solidarity with the people of Iraq and the people of Afghanistan. I am deeply sorry for the destruction that we have caused in those countries and around the globe. I am proud to stand on this stage with my fellow veterans and my Afghan sisters. These were lies. I'm giving them back. My name is David Lund. I'm a two-time... Iraq combat veteran, this medal I'm dedicating to the children of Iraq that no longer have fathers and mothers. NBC specialist Seaburn. I wonder if uh, Commander Rixie knows this individual, but um, she's giving her medals back. I'm from Campbellsport, Wisconsin. I was a Ford observer in the United States Army for just under five years. I deployed to Sadr City, Iraq in 2005, and I'm giving back my medals for the children of Iraq and Afghanistan. May they be, they be able to forgive us for what we've done to them. May we begin to heal, and may we, may we live in peace from here until eternity. My name is Michael Thurman. I was a conscientious objector from the United States Air Force. I'm returning my Global War on Terrorism medal and my military coins on behalf of Private First Class Bradley Manning, who sacrificed everything to show us the truth about these wars. My name is Nate. I served in the U.S. Navy from 99 to 2003 and participated in the invasions of Iraq and Afghanistan. I was wrong to uh, sign myself up for that. I apologize to the Iraqi and Afghani people for destroying your countries. Yeah, there you go. Um, like I say, uh, war is a racket and they're lining us up for another one, folks. Uh, well, we're already in it, but um, who knows what, the, what shit they're going to pull. Uh, in the coming months and uh, well all eyes on July right okay so moving on uh, here's the uh, here's the here's the Copeland cope uh. so uh, in response to this paper right but these people are desperately desperately clinging to the uh, the notion that the spike protein does not cause 
amyloidosis or amyloidogenic cascades, etc. And um, he he tries his best, and he's getting slayed hard in this. If you go and watch the the Twitter feed, and uh, shout out to Jicky for highlighting the fluorbetaban um, study uh, at the at the injection site of um, uh, the Pfizer vaccine. And uh, like I say, what uh, Copeland has been doing is basically misconstruing the arguments, selectively quoting from abstracts to try to make his point and doing anything and everything to try to deflect that the amyloid pre-energic pathways are at play. And uh, he did this one yesterday. I pissed myself laughing. And um, he's talking about this paper. SARS-CoV-2 spike protein S1 induces fibrinogen resistant to fibrinolysis implications for microclot formation in COVID-19. And uh, he goes, Fed paper talks, uh, our Fed paper talks about the pathogenesis of microclot in, in spike protein in plasma from COVID-19 patients. Yee, how dumb can you be? You need to show a clinical paper that shows the confirmation of the S1 subunit from vaccines. That's the same effect. Stop speculating, meth mouth. <laughs> so I just, I had to respond because it was, it was, you know, there's been some gems in this thing, but this one was just um, absolutely um, ridiculous. And so I had to respond to this one, uh, LMFAO. Dim Ian showing his science reading skills again. Keep them coming, bro. CRT is no replacement for actual scientific training. And if you read the abstract from this paper, uh, what you find, the bit that I've highlighted, mass spectrometry also showed that when spike protein S1 is added to healthy platelet-poor plasma, it results in structural changes to beta and gamma fibrinogen, complement-free and prothrombins. These proteins were substantially resistant to trypsination in the presence of spike protein S1. So, like I say, this this dude, right, who's making himself out to be this, this I don't know what, the, the, the ghetto debunker of uh, science on Twitter is making a fucking ass of himself. And, you know, all all I would say at this point is keep the pressure on these bastards. These are part of the halo project networks etc there's many many of them it's not just halo and we know that these fucks are paid influencers and we must we must uh break the uh the will of these people and the good thing is that being such a malignant narcissist when uh <laughs> when this one gets dropped in um old uh old copeland has gone quiet <laughs> Cesarian, keep keep up the science on Twitter, mate. It makes for fucking great content. All right, uh, moving on, moving on, moving on, because I want to get to uh, a review paper that will be uh, a, a long trawl through, and it's already uh, past midnight. Um, this was posted by Aussie17. He's a good account to follow, but um, drops in birth continue. So 2023 is in black, and we can see... 
that there's significant drop 2022 and 2023 and let's just hope that there's some pickup in this because again we've got this all cause increased all cause death and what appear to be drops in births in many many countries and to hammer home that point ethical skeptic put out a post yesterday um note notice the uptick in non-covid excess death for zero to 24 year olds started in the first week of october 2019 in the us just shy of three months before the first case appeared in china once we started testing for covid these subsequent peaks will not show on the chart and um oh it's, it's maybe it's not the um oh he had one for 2023 um, maybe I've picked out the wrong wrong tweet, but um, again, this this trend and this has been noted in uh, JAMA um, from what are we a week ago? The new crisis of increasing all cause mortality in U.S. children and adolescents. And I can only get the abstract for this. Although life expectancy in industrialized countries has lengthened over the past century, increases in U.S. life expectancy ceased after 2010, a trend attributed to rising mortality rates, individuals aged 25 to 64 years of age. Although midlife mortality rates increased over the past decade, mortality rates among children and older adults continue to decrease. The COVID-19 pandemic altered this trend and resulted in a sharp increase in mortality among older adults an unsurprising outcome. However, the pediatric mortality rates also increased and COVID-19 contributed little to this surge. This increase in all-cause pediatric mortality has ominous implications. And they go on to say, a nation that begins losing its most cherished population, its children, faces a crisis like no other. And again, why would young healthy children who shouldn't be dying except for accidents or were they born with some pre-existing uh, comorbidity be suddenly dying in large numbers and this 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 gets back to why this fucking debate is so contentious and has to be had we have to fight these fuckers wherever we find them because until we can disregard the gene transfecting of amyloidogenic peptides into the population that has to be the primary suspect they don't want to accept it but it's it's there the data is there it's all pointing there we have mechanisms of uh, pathology that we can we can draw out and are well established in the scientific literature even if Ian Copeland cannot understand them and will do everything in his power to deflect and try to uh, paint the data in a different light. And like I say, this this could be a very unless it starts reversing real, real quick. Um, I, like I said, I'm not sure how that looks, um, except except bad, terrible. Um, <laughs> How can Cope be so sensitive to much of his audience by using meth mouth as an insult to him constantly? Yeah, but that, that's just it. It's one. It's one rule for them and uh, another for us, right? They're they're allowed to engage in. Um, well, I don't mind it. <laughs> I use it. It's it's funny, right? And so um, people people who would try to censor it, I have a problem with. And if he wants to use meth mouth, that's fine. I don't care. Um, I'll just sit here with my soundboard. Oh. 
black, so um this is this is why i'm gonna i'm gonna keep aggregating what copeland is doing we must smash that network and we will not let go all right so what did i have uh next um yeah i'm slightly over the all over the place um at the moment but this popped up in my feed so uh from clandestine uh holy shit this washed up in the news cycle on the same day trump went on cnn but china ministry of foreign affairs spokesman speaks about u.s genome specific bioweapons citing u.s are collecting various races dna now i think all of these corporate public private partnership entities are all at it right and the two coquo argumentation between the different sides i would encourage you not to fall for it they're all bastards they're all <laughs> they don't have your best interests at heart and these weapons are being used right now and um so what does it say? Pentagon has reportedly made plans for hitting opponents with genetically engineered weapons. The genomic data of Asian Chinese, European Aryans, and Middle Eastern Arabs, all on a list to be collected by U.S. military. Um, uh, like I say, I, I think I think they're all at it, and um, we have to defang this monster somehow and uh, put it, bury it in the dirt somehow. All right, so uh, let me move on because I think we're going to be getting to the um, yeah. Oh, I can't tell if anyone sent a donor. It's locked me out. Um, let me do this. So we did the Jammer article, which again this this rise in all cause mortality in the young that's not COVID related, right? It, it, it's important now. I've got a bunch of science that I want to get to, and I want to thank Walter for this paper, um, Highly Efficient Intracellular Spreading of Protein Misfolding, folding, sorry, Mediated by Viral Ligand Receptor Interactions. Now, this is actually a um, very um, technical paper, um, it seems, as I've scanned through it, and I want to spend the time invest the time properly to go through this article so it's on my list as well as um where did it go this one um thanks to centripede for this one sars-cov-2 spike protein fragment eases amyloidogenesis of alpha synuclein and um this is th these two papers are going to be my priority for the rest of the week um, but what I want to do is I want to um, kick off with this paper which is a review from um, Hammerstrom and Nystrom who proposed or identified the amyloidogenic uh, sequences in the spike protein very very early on and they were forced if it because I've got the original preprint that was put up on bioarchive for that paper and they raise specific concerns about gene transfecting the spike protein of SARS-CoV-2 and what's it what's even worse is that um the hang on let me just do this do this um 
Let's see, Starlight Sign says, uh, all scientists are bastards, all politicians are bitches. Um, yes, I agree. And uh, let me just try to do this for the moment. Mm. Yes, yes. Mm. <laughs> just, uh, I told you to close. Go away. Um, all right. Not not that I want that person to go away who's messaging, but um, this is. So let's let's get into um, this this article. Maybe I'll just keep the. Do we have the full paper here? No, we don't. All right. Okay. So, viruses and amyloids, a vicious liaison. And again, this is something that you guys should be getting well versed in and why I and you know why I think it's important. And I think that these mechanisms have been weaponized. They've they've clocked on to how viruses can do this and have amped it up. And um, the combination of viruses and gene transfection makes for, uh, well, a potentially lethal combination if we're to take the all cause mortality um, readings that we're seeing uh, around the world. So um, I'll just dive into the introduction because as it's a review, um, it'll be pretty long. Yes, very, very long. <laughs> keep the doc in, um, keep him motivated, send, uh, send donos. And let me put this here and let me just, I can't see my dono page. So I might just give me two seconds folks to get uh, my phone so I can log in. Be back in a sec. I do apologize. I do apologize. Was the peppy music working? Uh, Anti-NWO speech was Terry Schilling. Um, oh, thank you very much, AI Vector. Um, it has, has it crashed? No. Um, and let me just uh, do this. Um, 
resend. I'll start waiting for that to come through. Um, I'll, I'll read this. I hate tech. I really... It, it drives me up the fucking wall. Go away. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Stripe. <laughs> all right all right all right okay so i've got that screen back up so introduction viral infections are prevalent in humans and in an absolute majority of cases the consequence disease is mild and disease outcome is good However, viral infections can potentially drive long-term disease and in particular increase the risk of common degenerative diseases such as Alzheimer's and Parkinson's disease associated with protein misfolding and amyloidosis. In this review, we provide an overview of viral infections and viral proteins and molecular overlaps with amyloid diseases and amyloid proteins in humans. Coronaviruses have been circulating among humans for a long time, probably for centuries, but were first identified and isolated and classified in the 60s. The common coronaviruses, yeah, HCOV-NL63, HCOV-229E, HCOV-OC43, HKU1, give rise to mild respiratory symptoms, and in the case of HKU1, gastrointestinal symptoms have been reported. These viruses are in constant circulation in the human population, yet severe infection is extremely rare in immune-responsive adults. More recently, two novel coronaviruses, SARS-CoV-2002-2003, MERS-CoV-2012, have threatened to cause pandemics but were kept under control. Both these diseases were, in the majority of cases, respiratory diseases, albeit some MERS patients also presented with gastrointestinal symptoms. SARS-CoV-2 hit the world hard starting late 2019. Yeah, I'm not sure it was late 2019. In March 2020, who declared that COVID-19 was to be characterized as a pandemic? In the early days of the disease outbreak, COVID-19 was portrayed as a respiratory disease with many commonalities with previous outbreaks of SARS and MERS. But we know that that's not the case. However, it soon became evident that this novel disease hit multiple organ systems throughout the body. And in an autopsy study of German patients from the first months of the pandemic, it was concluded that the majority of the 26 studied patients also suffered from multi-organ failure, often connected to thromboembolism and hyperinflammation. COVID-19 is far from only a respiratory disease. Although the most common site of virus entry is from the respiratory tract, there is evidence for virus replication in several other tissue types, renal, myocardial, neurological, pharyngeal, and gastrointestinal. ACE2 receptor uh, ACE2, the receptor for viral entry into host cells, is abundantly expressed in several tissues, suggesting a route of direct toxic exertion of virus on, on pancreatic insulin-producing beta cells. Systemic involvement such as immune response dysregulation, hyperinflammation and cytokine storms, hematological abnormalities, lymphopenia, neutrophilia, thrombocytopenia and endothelial damage leading up to immunothrombosis is also a common non-respiratory manifestation of SARS-CoV-2 infection.
cardiac complications such as ischemic myocardial injuries, arrhythmias, and cardiac arrest are also noted as severe outcomes of COVID-19 infection. Neurological symptoms such as anosmia and aguasia were early in the pandemic recognized as common and specific traits of COVID-19 regardless of severity of disease. Reviewing hospitalized patients for any neurological symptoms one year into the pandemic revealed that one third, at least one, uh, experienced at least one of in total 24 neurological symptoms described. Looking at symptoms stemming from the central nervous system shows that around one third of patients experience fatigue and of age above 60, one third ex exhibited delirium and or confusion. <laughs> I wasn't above 60 when it gave me delirium and uh, confusion. <laughs> that was for days. Of the patients in the study, one in 50 hospitalized patients suffered a stroke. Renal, hepatic and endocrine injuries are frequently reported in association to COVID-19 hospitalization. A New York study showed that 36% of hospitalized patients during March 2020 developed acute injury to... Yeah, we'll get this. I want to get to... Uh, let's get to... Uh, <laughs> Post-acute squally. So viral infection can cause permanent injury in the host to various degrees and by different mechanisms. As examples can be mentioned, herpes virus that inflict chronic infection on the host by incorporating its DNA into chromosomal DNA in the nuclei of the host cell, it will hence be dormant in the infected cell and ancestral cells. Other viruses such as polio and rubella can, during the acute infection, cause irreparable and debilitating damage. Post-acute squally, on the contrary, is a term used for symptoms that occur for the first time after the acute infection is healed and virus particles can no longer be detected by PCR. PAS has been described for a large number of viruses such as Ebola, Epstein-Barr virus, Zika virus, tick-borne encephalitis, and possibly also influenza. Yeah, I'd put influenza uh, A in there. PAS has also been reported for SARS and MERS, but notably not been described for any of the four above-mentioned common coronaviruses. So again, um, there's a very, very sketchy history around SARS and MERS that links it to um, weapons programs and um, these new features well, I think the evidence points very strongly to them directly manipulating uh, to try to leverage the disease profile that we see at the moment previous corona pandemics SARS and MERS have been connected to PASS and a recent review of these state that 20 to 30 percent of those hospitalized with SARS or MERS were not back to full working capacity one year after admission from hospital. Looking closer at long-term effects of SARS and MERS demonstrate that a large portion of survivors exhibit pulmonary abnormalities that persist after acute infection is diminished. Chest x-ray follow-up 32 to 230 days after recovery showed that 38 percent of MERS patients exhibited lung fibrosis and or pleural thickening. Of Hong Kong University hospital healthcare workers affected by SARS, 24% had decreased lung capacity one year after recovery, and 28% had abnormal chest x-rays. Long-term follow-up of a different SARS patient cohort, health workers from Peking General Hospital, revealed that the vast majority of patients fully recover during the following one to two years. However, this follow-up study of healthcare workers that were infected by SARS demonstrates that around 5% still have interstitial pulmonary changes detectable in CT scan after 15 years. Mental health disturbances and chronic fatigue syndrome were followed up among SARS patients in Hong Kong four years after recovery, and 40% of the patients were reported to have 
active psychiatric illness. The CDC criterion for chronic fatigue syndrome was filled for 27% of the patient group. Similar results were reported in a 12-month follow-up of MERS patients in South Korea, where around 40% of patients were reported to show symptoms of chronic fatigue syndrome, while depression and PTSD were reported in 20-30% to 30% of survivors of MERS. The nomenclature for PASS after infection with SARS-CoV-2 is not standardized, but who has defined the condition as a condition that occurs in individuals with a history of probable or confirmed SARS-CoV-2 infection, usually three months from the onset of COVID-19, with symptoms that last for at least two months and cannot be explained by an alternative diagnosis. This condition is often referred to as long COVID or PASC. Over half of patients that have been infected with SARS-CoV-2 have at least one symptom of long COVID at six-month follow-up and outcome cannot be correlated to the severity of the acute disease. Both neurological and psychiatric symptoms, lung abnormalities and chronic fatigue have been reported as pass of COVID-19. However, the list of symptoms exceeding this is extensive. Neurological, psychiatric, fatigue and respiratory symptoms each are reported in approximately 20% of cases on par with SARS and MERS. In addition, a plethora of symptoms from the digestive tract and the cardiovascular system, as well as movement disabilities, hair and skin lesions, are present in 6 to 17% of cases. Uh, so they've got a picture there of all the um, organs that are affected. So here we get to the, uh, the meat and the potatoes. So the amyloid connection. And... Protein processing, misfolding, and aggregation cause degenerative amyloid diseases. These diseases can manifest in most organs of the body and are dependent on the aggregating amyloid protein being specific for each disease. Listing organs involved in amyloid diseases side by side with those affected by COVID-19 and PASC is easy to see there are many commonalities. But correlation is not always causation. We therefore decided to look closer at molecular associations and pathways of both amyloid proteins encoded by the human genome and amyloid form proteins of viral origin. In humans, 42 proteins are classified as amyloid proteins or protein precursors of amyloid fibrils. In addition, some of these proteins are also associated with intracellular aggregates and there are proteins which appear to only form intracellular inclusions upon aggregation. It is notable that the amyloid proteins in human disease are of highly diverse sequence, fold, and function. The molecular initiation events and driving force for amyloidosis appear to be rather different for diseases and proteins. There are also mammalian and more specifically also human endogenous proteins where amyloid formation plays a vital functional role. Storage of peptide hormones in secretory granules and zona pellucida protein of oocytes that form amyloid which plays several vital roles in the early stages of fertilization are two representative examples now can anyone um just think how that uh that last statement plays into the figures we looked at from germany with declines in births and again you have to ask yourself with this amyloidogenic inducing peptide from gene transfection which we know will accumulate in the ovaries are we going to see injury in the reproductive systems i would wager yes systemic amyloidosis 
AA amyloidosis or secondary amyloidosis is caused by chronic inflammatory diseases such as lupus, Sjorgen syndrome and rheumatoid arthritis. These chronic inflammatory diseases render 1,000-fold higher expression of the acute phase hepatic SAA1 protein than under normal conditions. Hereditary familial Mediterranean fever, fever sorry, occurring due to mutations in the MEFV pyrene gene results in lower expression of active interleukin-1-beta. This is suggested to result in elevated responsiveness to pro-inflammatory interleukins, mainly interleukin-1 sensitivity rendering interleukin-6 upregulation and thereby overexpression of SAA1 acute phase activation protein. As a secondary consequence of this chronic inflammation, an amyloid fibril seed forms by continuous SAA1 overexpression and proteolytic processing thereof, which can progress to AA amyloidosis. AA amyloidosis predominantly affects the kidney and progress to a systemic amyloidosis in several organs, including the heart. AFib fibrinogen. The precursor of blood clot response protein also employs extracellular protein fiber formation as a vital part of hemostasis and to enable wound healing. Fibrinogen is composed of three separate units making heterotrimers that dimerize into a hexameric oligomer. Fibrinogen is synthesized in the liver at a very high rate and is secreted circulation. Excuse me. Fibrinogen is an amyloidogenic protein, familial amyloid disease that originates from point mutations in fibrinogen alpha chain renders aggregation prone folding intermediates or degradation intermediates. Mutant protein is, however, not found in circulation, suggesting a rapid accumulation of the alpha subunit, subunit as AFib amyloid in the kidney. Frameshift mutations render a truncated form with a common amino acid sequence that forms amyloids. The fibrinogen alpha chain peptide 148 to 160 formed amyloid fibrils, whereas the shorter 148 to 157 peptide did not. Notably, no wild type fibrinogen is found deposited within familial amyloid deposits. ATTR transithrin is a plasma protein synthesized mainly in the liver and choroid plexus. TTR is a transport protein of thyroxine and retinol in blood plasma and cerebral spinal fluid. Transithrin amyloidosis of wild type TTR can cause cardiomyopathy in elderly patients and hereditary forms of TTR amyloidosis such as familial amyloid polyneuropathy at younger ages. ATTR fibrils accumulate and encircle normal cells, causing restrictive cardiomyopathy and or neuropathy. FAP renders loss of sensation in hands and feet that progress to the autonomous, autonomous, I think I mean autonomic, nervous system, uh, affecting the GI tract, blood pressure and heart rate. Symptoms of restrictive cardiomyopathy in ATTR-CM ultimately result in heart failure. Localized amyloidosis. There's a great, a great, um, how should we say? Uh, it's it's comprehensive in what it's covering with respect to amyloid proteins, and that's that's something that we we need to do because we tend to just um, talk in generalizable terms of amyloid or prions, etc. And that there is. There is a incredible amount of detail once you start delving into again the specific peptides and um, 
well, the metabolic pathways in which they would be involved. So type 2 diabetes is manifest, manifested by impaired glucose regulation. Long-term disease is associated with dysfunctional insulin production from the pancreas. Type 2 diabetes is intimately linked to amyloidosis of the protein hormone IAPP in the islets of Langerhans in insulin-producing beta cells, the same cell that produces IAPP. The IAPP fibrils appear to disrupt the beta cell secretory pathway, puncture the cell, and encapsulate the islet in masses of amyloid fibrils. And the pancreas, again, is one of those sites that has been um, highlighted both in the disease and in adverse events to gene transfection. So here we get more into my wheelhouse, amyloid beta and uh, uh, amyloid tau. Alzheimer's disease is a double amyloidosis of the brain where the neuronal amyloid beta peptides accumulate as extracellular senile amyloid plaque and cerebrovascular amyloids where the microtubule associated protein tau accumulates as neurofibrillary tangles inside neurons as well as in glial cells. Tau fibrils are also associated with chronic traumatic encephalopathy. This is true, I can attest to that. Progressive supranuclear palsy and chronic traumatic encephalopathy. Uh, well, I, I'm sorry, I made a mistake there. I was thinking they were talking about uh, <laughs> TBI, not encephalopathy, um, but um, in TBI as well. All right, so uh, where was I? Uh, and hereditary disorders such as frontotemporal lobar degeneration and Pick's disease. These amyloidogenic processes result in neurodegeneration, cognitive decline that ultimately cause dementia. APRP prion diseases are caused by misfolding and aggregation of the prion protein, which manifests as different diseases, including Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease and hereditary diseases such as fatal familial insomnia and Gerstmann-Strausler-Scheinke syndrome. In prion diseases, protein aggregates sometimes in the form of amyloid fibrils composed of misfolded PRP, which can be transmissible. Prion diseases can hence be acquired through contaminated materials resulting in iatrogenic CJD and ingested through prion-infected food from cattle manifesting in various Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease and by cannibalism causing kuru. And, you know, this highlights a, a, a particular point where they're going and using gene transfection in our uh, food supply. Um, are they going to trigger... Um, these, you know, the equivalent of what we had with mad cows in Britain. So, alpha synuclein Parkinson's disease, Lewy body dementia, and multisystem atrophy are associated with alpha synuclein fibril formation. In Parkinson's disease, alpha syn fibrils accumulate in and around dopaminergic neuronal cells, causing depletion of substantia nigra and loss of motor function. PD is, however, a systemic disease with significant CNS gastric transfer of alpha synuclein aggregates via the autonomous. Why do they care? Autonomic nervous system. PD is multifactorial with many risk genes involved in endosomal trafficking, autophagy, and mitochondrial function. 
aggravated risk for disease can involve many pathways. And like I say, this week, I want to be looking at the paper from uh, this one, SARS-CoV-2 spike protein fragment eases amyloidogenesis of alpha synuclein. But let's, let's get back to our review. This is going to set us up nicely for the week. SOD1, TDP43, FUS C9, ORF72. Amyotrophic lateral sclerosis is a neurodegenerative disease causing severe motoric and autonomous uh, autonomic. <laughs> what? So, someone should have been editing this manuscript. Um, autonomic neurological impairment. While ALS nor its culprit proteins are classified as an amyloidosis or amyloid proteins, the disease is a protein misfolding disorder. Again, this is why there's a move within my field to dis describe the disease mechanisms as preenergic, right? Meaning just the protein begins to misfold, acts as a propagon, and then causes a uh, exponential cascade, even if the initial insult uh, is removed, if it's from a virus, for example. Um, while ALS nor its culprit, I did that, um, sporadic disease appears associated with misfolding, aggregation, and fibril formation of TDP43. Hereditary forms of ALS are associated with mutations in the genes coding for superoxide dismutase fused in sarcoma and C9-ORF72. The latter gene results in translation of extensive dipeptide repeat polypeptides that readily forms fibrils. ALS is hence associated with intracellular amyloid fibril formation of either of these four proteins, albeit there are many more genes implicated in this complex disease. Uh, thank you, um, Alberto, for putting the link in the... Let's see, Gay Plant says, JJ Crawford, uh, is that Matt Crawford and who's tonic are taking down Malone and Steve later? Okay. Um, Starlight Sign says, all scientists are amazing and I love politicians. Um, <laughs> well, you know, if you, uh, if you want to avoid the... Uh, the debanking and what have you that's what you have to say i don't but please don't debank me i've had enough endoproteolysis as a mechanism for amyloidosis of the 42 amyloid proteins associated to amyloid diseases in humans only 16 pro proteins are associated with full-length protein being deposited as amyloid fibril and nine of these are often found co-deposited in the form of full-length protein and fragments thereof the overwhelming majority of amyloid proteins are hence processed several amyloid proteins are pre-processed during maturation e.g. IAPP, which is processed during the production of the mature IAPP protein. For many proteins, it is not established if processing occurs after misfolding and aggregation, i.e. by a post-aggregation proteolytic shaving process, excuse me, which may offer a selection process for efficient fibril polymorph propagation. For TTR, both full-length protein and C-terminal fragments of TTR is found in ATTR deposits. The ATTR fragments have been proposed to originate from plasmis, plasmin-cleaved TTR. 
For a substantial number of amyloid proteins, 26 of 42, endoproteolysis of the amyloid precursor proteins is a prerequisite to produce the amyloid protein. In the absence of known genetic mutation, this happens in age-associated amyloidosis for AAPOAIV in cardiac and kidney amyloidosis. Um, ATMEM106B in aging brain, ASOM in aging pituitary, somatostatin, AMED in aging aortic vessel, uh, lactoheterin, that's a new one for me, um, AEFEMP1 in aging venous vessels, and ASEM1 in aging seminal vessels. Oof. <laughs> oh, amyloidogenic. Uh, <laughs> Seminal vesicles. <laughs> Sounds marvellous. <laughs> in Alzheimer's disease, amyloid beta is produced by endoproteolysis from amyloid beta precursor protein by, uh, well, so beta secretase and uh, they're going to say gamma secretase in the notorious amyloidogenic pathway. SA1, SAA1, which is overproduced during inflammation, is endoproteolyzed by cathepsin B released from macrophages and neutrophil elastase released from neutrophils. Um, need a button that says yee. Someone find me a good sample of uh, yee. <laughs> and I'll put it on the sample. Um, where were we? Furthermore, Endoproteolysis. So, you know, what what does this mean? So, just, just splitting of protein with within the cell. That's that's all they're talking about here. Cleavage, like like what happens with the spike protein. Uh, endoproteolysis is a prerequisite for amyloidosis in inherited disease for ABRI and ADAN in British and Danish dementia. Interesting. That's a new one for me. Agel in the Finnish familial amyloidosis, gelsalin, it is also likely that endoproteolysis occurs for AFib mutations in fibrinogen amyloidosis. <clears throat> okay, so they've got a figure here. Let's see if we can um, make some sense of it. So the top one is the classic Alzheimer. Um, pathways so beta secretase and amyloid secretase and oh, i'd have to you know why why do they become i, I want to say it's 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 just a consequence of a known pathway that the cleavage occurs and as a consequence of cleavage it starts leaving these amyloidogenic type fragments and then they aggregate and then that's what forms the um the occlusions in the inclusions in the Alzheimer um, brain. Um, serum amyloid A. So in this case, uh, what we were just talking about, the cathepsin B neutrophil elastase is um, chewing up serum amyloid and then causing fibrils to uh, that looks like the kidney to me. And lastly, SARS-CoV-2 spike protein. So neutrophil comes along, neutrophil elastase. Um, it causes netosis, uh, which is sort of aggregation around, well, these amyloidogenic microclots around uh, epithelia and uh, endothelial damage, cross-seeding to heart, brain, liver, and amyloid-stabilized microclots. 
And what are we doing? What have we been scrapping about in this last week or so with the people who want to deny that this is an issue? Gene transfection will produce the same result. Now, does it mean everyone is going to get dementia or cardiac amyloidosis? Probably not. But anything, anything that even hints at triggering mechanisms like this, there should be a 200-mile exclusion zone placed around it, and no one should go near it, particularly when they're forcing it onto people. So very, very beautiful um, diagram there. Nice um, nice summary. Um, I'm, I'm really become a fan of uh, Hammerstrom and Nystrom. Nice... Um, Nice group, nice scientific group that's putting out solid work. So driving forces for protein folding and avoidance of misfolding in humans. Oh, so this might be interesting. Perhaps uh, some uh, therapies that could potentially be applied. So amyloids in the mammalian context is most often and rightfully so considered to be detrimental alternative misfolded protein structures. Many disorders are interlinked with amyloid formation of endogenous proteins in humans and 42 proteins have to date been identified as involved in pathological amyloid formation in humans and several more are involved in inclusion formations. Since these diseases are almost invariably lethal, there is a constant evolutionary pressure driving mammalian proteins into well-performing folding machines. The folding of the polypeptide chain into a native structure that shields hydrophobic elements from interaction with the surrounding environment is in itself an effective prevention against protein aggregation. And consequently, a majority of structured proteins need to be partially or fully unfolded in order to attain an amyloid structure fold. Evolution spanning from prokaryotes to mammals has premiered the insertion of gatekeeper amino acids, that is, residues that has specific role of interrupting aggregation-prone regions and at the same time promote rapid and productive folding. Most often these gatekeepers are prolines or charged residues. In addition, it is well established that several amyloid-associated diseases are tightly linked to single-point mutations in the primary structure of the culprit protein and that the point mutation renders a protein that forms amyloid more readily than the wild-type protein due to decreased stability of the folded state. There are many beta sheet rich proteins in mammals and strategies by which the boundary of beta strand is protected against intermolecular interaction include the formation of beta barrels and beta sandwiches, shielding the beta strand by alpha helix or loop and excessive twist of the last beta strand. So, you know, then I want to, hang on, someone's sending a message. Uh, <laughs> hang on, got, got a good sample. Yeah, boy! <laughs> I think I need more yee, yee, dog, I need more of that. <laughs> Sounded uh, sounded too uh, too white. <laughs> Thank you, breaks. <laughs> the mammalian genome, in contrast to viral genomes, is not sterically constrained and hence can allow for amino acid diversity between different domains within one protein as a strategy to prevent the in-register alignment of beta strands that is prevalent in beta sheet amyloid structure.
The higher the amino acid diversity, the lower propensity to form amyloid, where 70% or more sequence identity promotes co-aggregation, whereas less than 30% sequence identity demises the probability to form aggregates. Not only are the aggregating proteins themselves important players in the evolution, directing away from protein aggregation and amyloid formation, a whole army of folding defenders, the chaperones and isomerases, are present in both prokaryotes and eukaryotes. Chaperones acting on unfolded polypeptide chain in close proximity to the ribosome are particularly important in the aspect of preventing amyloid formation as their mode of action is to prevent undesired interaction between nascent unstructured polypeptide chains. Although chaperones in general do not target a specific client protein, but rather hydrophobic stretches or clusters of any protein, there is a strong preference for interaction with polypeptide stretches that are flanked with gatekeeper residues as described above. There is also evidence for co-evolution of chaperones and their client proteins in both prokaryotes, yeast and mammalian cells. something underneath a vacuum all right so an additional feature of proteostasis in humans is the notion that there is a high correlation between protein expression rate and the propensity for the protein to aggregate this appears to be an important determining determinant steering away from amyloid formation and is mirrored by the fact that the most common systemic amyloidosis in humans are AA amyloidosis and AL amyloidosis. These diseases are intimately coupled to severe overexpression of the culprit protein SAA and amyloidogenic IgG light chain respectively. Proteostasis being overwhelmed is likely during aging, which is the main risk factor for all sporadic amyloidosis. Proteases collapse because of aging has been demonstrated using C. elegans. The little worm. Uh, the importance of maintained protein homeostasis to avoid age-related amyloid formation was recently reviewed and further supports the conclusion that the interplay between intrinsic factors in the culprit protein e.g. primary structure and secondary structure elements are in an intricate and delicate balance with extrinsic factors such as protein expression levels and molecular chaperones in the strive to avoid amyloid formation in a dynamic system. And again, um, the... Hey, Pedro, Pedro, oi, oi, burra boy. Um, I want people to try to imagine that in the cell... It is, you have to imagine that it's it's literally like, imagine getting like a, a balloon. I was going to say a condom. <laughs> and essentially you, you're, you're taking it. Let, let's, let's think what could be a protein model, right? As, as, a, as a way to sort of represent what's happening in the cell. So you get a balloon and you can stuff in uh, a golf ball or a ping pong ball to act as the nucleus and then if you were to just fill that balloon with egg white for example such that the balloon was really really stretched right to the point where it it was you know at the at, before bursting that's essentially the um 
degree of protein and its interaction within a cell and if a cell breaks that that protein will just it spills out like a tsunami okay <clears throat> where was i evolutionary aspects of the virus proteome The evolutionary pressure that drives mammalian proteins away from the amyloid formation cascade does not exert the same power on viruses. Synthesis of proteins and maintenance of protein homeostasis are energy demanding and hence costly for the protein producing organism. Therefore, all living organisms from prokaryotes to mammals benefit from maintaining a high rate of productive folding, while viruses do not have to bother about the cost for protein production since someone else, namely the hijacked host cell, is paying for the bill. Hmm. Sounds, uh, sounds familiar. <laughs> the prevailing strategy for viral replication is quantity rather than quality. Viruses are short-lived and the purpose of each individual viral particle ceases to exist once a new host cell is infected. The successful generation and transmission of one single virus particle will, upon infection of the next host cell, generate 10 to the 2 to 10 to the 5 or more new virions before the typical burst of the host cell in multicellular organisms. And the thing is, the cell doesn't have to... Um, lies in these um in these situations you can you can have chronically infected cells as well so um it's it's skipping over a bit of detail here that perhaps should have been added um so anyway consequently the evolutionary pressure for high productive folding rates can be assumed to be far lower than for, for mammalian proteins the size of the viral genome is, however, highly restricted to allow for the packing of the nucleic acid into the capsid. One strategy used by predominantly RNA viruses to expand the number of proteins that can be coded by the genome is the use of open reading frame shift, where initiation of translation at the ribosome at the first, second or third base in the triple codon will give three different proteins from essentially the same stretch of RNA. While this is beneficial to enable more proteins to be produced from the limited amount of genetic material, it might abrogate the possibility to avoid the introduction of amyloidogenic stretches in the proteome since this would require simultaneous optimization of the distinct proteins that are coded by one genome stretch. Most viral capses are composed of numerous identical or only a few different protein variants and the prevailing folds of capsid proteins are rich in beta sheet. The correct assembly of the capsid is often dependent on the presence of scaffolding proteins or the viral genome which is used as folding scaffold for the proteins. In a sense this can be considered an equivalent of the chaperone systems employed by all genre of life. Viral proteins produced but not assisted by these mechanisms may run rogue and start to misfold and or misassemble. Once the viral particle has been successfully formed, it needs to be robust and sturdy to withstand the often harsh environment it needs to pass to travel between hosts. The protein, hence, would benefit from being stable in its receptor binding property. If that is the task, or 
oh sorry, if that is the task, or be able to interlock with fellow capsid proteins if that is the assigned function. It was recently demonstrated that there is a positive correlation between the stability of the core of a globular protein and the propensity of that protein to form amyloid. We hypothesize that a stable capsid or receptor binding protein might enforce the ability to form amyloid. At the same time, the viral capsid needs to be unstable enough to disassemble and unleash its nucleic acid cargo once a new host has been infected. Because of this delicate balance, virus capsid are metastable and dynamic, including the formation of assembly intermediates of few proteins that pack tightly together and further adhere to each other as the virion matures. This means that several homologous proteins with high propensity to form beta sheet could be tightly interlinked with each other, potentially providing an excellent breeding ground for forming amyloid seed nuclei that may act as promoters of amyloid fibril formation. There are several implications beyond those of protein stability and interaction entities of virus infection and protein production in the infected cell. High production of extrinsic proteins cause overload of cell proteostasis mechanisms of the host cell. The viral protein may not have the correct gatekeeper residues that make them selected by some chaperone systems. If, on the other hand, the chaperone system of the host cell do recognize the virus-encoded proteins, there will not be enough chaperone activity in the cell to cope with both the endogenous cellular proteins and those exerted by the intruder. This overwhelming chaperone system may be a risk factor, albeit indirect, for misfolding disease. On the other hand, viruses and host organisms can co-evolve. The prokaryotic chaperone, GROW-EL, was identified as a T4-phage assistant protein for sustained infection in E. coli. The phage genome encodes a substituent co-chaperone, GP31, that replaces GROW-ES, thus allowing for the bulkier virus proteins to fit into the chaperone complex. Another important global aspect of virus production in the context of protein aggregation and amyloid formation is that the viral proteins will not take into account the delicate balance of protein expression level and aggregation propensity that is prevailing in the host. So basically saying the virus doesn't give a shit about your, uh, your ability to avoid going down these pre-energic pathways. It doesn't care. You're there just to uh, just to provide resources. All right, so amyloidogenic viral proteins. In summary, there are several mechanistic indications that viral proteins may be amyloidogenic, but how common is it to find virus-derived proteins that form amyloid? Here we summarize some of the known virus-derived amyloids coinciding with neurological long-term outcomes. SARS-CoV-2 positive sense a single-stranded RNA virus. It's comprised of four structural proteins that build up the envelope that protects the RNA and comprise several open reading frame proteins. The virus that causes COVID-19 was first described in 2019. Yeah, not so sure about that. And COVID-19 was declared a pandemic in March 2020. Why do we have to read all this? Yeah, they've gone about PASC, etc. Alright, so amyloid formation of several SARS-CoV-2 proteins have been reported. Two ORF proteins, ORF6 and ORF10, were predicted to be amyloidogenic. And remember, ORF10 is a novel open reading frame. It's not been seen before. Likely is a synthetic addition. 
The prediction was confirmed experimentally using synthetic peptides and the resulting amyloid was toxic to neuroblastoma cell line, SH, the sussy line, uh, the nucleocapsid protein of SARS-CoV-2 and in particular the low complexity domain that is, domain rich in glycine, serine, and glutamine and tyrosine has been demonstrated to form amyloid fibrils and that the amyloid formation propensity is accelerated by the presence of SARS-CoV-2 RNA. And this is why it's an insane idea to have people be <laughs> transfected with N-protein. It's, it, if, from what I've seen and looked at and run, run through the analytical software, N-protein is a nightmare. Highly preenergic, 